Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Now, I said this yesterday. If you do not have your QB1 figured out by cut day, then you do not have a QB1. And here we are on cut day. And the Cardinals definitely do not have a QB1. Now, in fairness, it's not like Colt McCoy was all that much of a first option anyway. I get that. And in even more fairness, their actual QB1, Kyler Murray, is hurt. So that leaves the Cardinals with this as their starting quarterback options as of this morning. Fifth-round rookie, Clayton Toon, and a dude that they just made a deal for last Thursday that got beat out for the backup job in Cleveland by another fifth-round rookie. So I guess what I'm trying to say to you Cardinal fans is buckle up. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach, Arizona Cardinals. Ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. See you soon. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. We're going to have some fun part. In fact, I'm totally sure about that. We're going to have some fun part. It's not going to be a fun season. It's going to be a miserable season, which is probably why shot out of a cannon, Gannon, was so low energy on the way in. He knew the writing was on the wall. He could read it. He knew he had a massive job in front of him. The big question, though, is if this now is officially a tank job, a.k.a. Crater for Caleb, or maybe even Drown for Drake. I think that USC's Caleb Williams has a solid lead on UNC's Drake May going to the season, but both great quarterbacks, both top-of-the-draft quarterback prospects. And the Cardinals certainly look like they will be at the top of the draft. In fact, it looks like they absolutely want to be a part or be at the top of the draft. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's an all-out obvious tank. I'm saying if it looks like a tank, and it walks like a tank, and it smells like a tank, and it quacks like a tank, and it acts like a tank, then it probably is a tank. Even if the team would tell you they feel like they're upgrading a quarterback by cutting Colt McCoy in favor of either a rookie or a dude who hasn't even been a Cardinal for a week. I mean, honestly, maybe it is. No offense to Colt. I've always liked Colt. But dude does have eight TDs and nine picks in the last five seasons. He is 36. He's not exactly prime John Elway. Look, it was never going to go great with Colt. They still opened up as an underdog in all 17 games when Colt was the assumed starter. But at least we all could be positive that he knew the plays. He had a handle on that system. He had the experience to lead a team, even if that team was doomed from the beginning. That's why it just seems like a tanking move to cut this guy loose, in fact, this late in the game, in favor of a rookie and another QB who they just dealt for five days ago. And by the way, Joshua Dobbs is assumed to be the starter right now, which is a hell of an assumption considering he just got the playbook like 10 minutes ago. Now, here's what I'm not positive about. Well, I'm not sure that it's totally over for Kyler yet in the desert. None of this is a good thing for Kyler. In fact, it all feels like kind of a big hedge against him, right? 
The current management regime did not draft him, nor did they pay him. And if you really believed that he was still the guy, why are you tanking, allegedly, to get the next guy? Because you're not sure that Kyler is the guy. And he certainly hasn't done anything of late to make you think he was. And yes, I was the one who jocked him hard for a minute. In fact, more than a minute. But I haven't done so of late because of how bad he made us both look. Maybe this has all been good for Kyler. Maybe he's got right mentally. Maybe he's got right in terms of his work ethic. Maybe he finally woke up. Maybe he can come back and show something that will make the Cardinals not want Caleb Williams next April. But does anybody really buy that? Does that really seem likely? Especially since Kyler will not be coming back before week four. I mean, at the very earliest. And that's where everything goes perfectly. Even then he can't. It's at least after week four. And then he'd be playing on a surgically repaired knee and leading a team that will probably be an underdog in every single game. So I can't say that his chances or his situation looks very good either. So let me put it this way. It looks much more like Kyler could get Josh Rosen than wind up as the quarterback of this team long term. The dude who was the pick of the prior regime And even that regime had to try to put a study clause in his contract. Something tells me the new GM and the new head coach will want a quarterback that likes to prepare for the job more than he likes to play Call of Duty. Kyler, meanwhile, is going to start the season on the pup list. Who will start in the meantime is apparently a big secret, though, right? At least that's how shot out of a cannon Gannon is playing it right now. He won't say which of those two he's going to start week one. Probably because he has no idea who the starter is going to be in week one. Well, I'm not going to name a starter because I think it's a competitive advantage for us going to Washington, but we'll know who the starter is. That that, that was me going. Did he just say I'm not going to name a starter because that's a competitive advantage to us? Competitive advantage for us the going options to are Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Laugh out loud. There, there is no competitive advantage to be had there. You really think the commanders, even the commanders, <laughs> even the commanders, you think they give a damn which of those two dudes you trot out for the first drive of the season? You think they're really all broken up about having to prepare for both of those guys because you won't say which one it is? I've got a feeling Washington has already decided that not only are they not going to prepare for both of them, they're not going to prepare for either one of them. Why would they? We're talking about Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon. This is why I'm telling you, Cardinal fan, to buckle up. Buckle up. This morning. It's going to be a long season. It's going to suck is what I'm saying. And it brings me no joy to say that. You all know the Cardinals have been a great, great jungle team for years. It feels like it was maybe 10 seconds ago that they were 8-1. and And Kyler was a legit MVP candidate. But in NFL terms, that was already an eternity ago. And as I always say, when it goes, it goes fast. Don't believe me? Ask them. Don't believe me? Ask the Rams. And whether they are really trying to lose on purpose or not, 
there is going to be a lot of losing this fall and most likely a brand new quarterback next spring. I don't know. In terms of this situation they have right now, it must be awfully nice to have the second coming of Bledsoe and Brady on your team. Shot out of a cannon, Gannon, would be crazy to give up that so-called competitive advantage. Competitive advantage. I mean, you thought Joe Montana v. Steve Young was a quarterback controversy? Think again. Take a seat, Hostetler v. Sims. Jeff Hostetler. Make way for Toon v. Dobbs. I'm sure Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera are sitting up in the middle of the night sleepless, mind spinning, knowing full well that they have to get ready for Toon and Dobbs. Montez Sweat waking up in cold sweats, realizing he's got to memorize two game plans for week one. The Commanders are seven-point favorites. Seven-point favorites. I can almost guarantee that will not happen again this season. That's how bad this situation is for Arizona. And I'm sure glad that I'm not Jonathan Allen. He's only got 12 days to prepare for those two passing juggernauts. What do you do? What do you do? Maybe they can get NASA on the phone. Borrow a couple of rocket scientists to assist in a game plan. Is there enough time to hire a room full of Harvard mathematicians and physics grads to come up with a solution for Toon and Dobbs? I don't know. Maybe the commanders can petition Roger. Get on the phone with Roger and see if they can move up the Washington by to week one so they can avoid this nightmarish matchup altogether. Or at least get an extra week to process all that game film of Dobbs and Toon. Or look for any game film at all on either one of them. Cannot wait for the laser show when the Arizona tanks, Arr, Cardinals, come to town. That's the sound of a laser show. What a mess. If you do not have your QB1 by cutdown day, you do not have a QB1. College football fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code ROAM. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just 5 bucks on college football. That's code ROAM only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be present in state where lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. cdkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit to apply. We are joined right now by South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer. Shane, it is great to have you back on. How you doing, Shane? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me, and I uh, hope you're doing great also. I am, Shane. Thanks so much. Good to have you. Listen, before we talk football, I know the Carolinas are in mourning and hurting terribly after yesterday's shooting at the University of North Carolina. 
can I get your reaction to yet another senseless act of violence? And what have your conversations been like thus far with your team and others on campus? Uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, to the people in Chapel Hill. What an awful tragedy. And, and uh, you know, certainly thinking of them. And, and I know, uh, uh, you know, something no one wants to go through. But we, uh, you know, haven't, I'll be honest, hadn't spent a ton of time talking about it here within our team. Our guys are aware. And they all, you know, they – our thoughts and prayers are with uh, the North Carolina and Chapel Hill community as well. And, and uh, you know, we also know that for us it was, uh, you know, back to work today, just like I'm sure in Chapel Hill. I, I believe they're out of class today, but I know they're, you know, hard at work getting ready for this game also. But disappointing to see, surely, and, and thinking of everyone up there. Shane Beamer joining us. Obviously, no easy transition to make here, but I'll try to make it. So you win eight games last season. You accomplished a number of firsts. You shocked some people, to be sure. All of that said, I'm curious, what was your message or what has your message been to your team throughout the summer and even now heading into the season? For us, the biggest thing is just we did some really good things last year. Uh but yet we we have a lot to improve on. Uh, you know we were eight and four in the regular season and, and had some great wins, but we had some really poor performances as well. So we need to be more consistent. Uh, so we know we have areas to improve. There's no question about it. And then the other thing is just making sure that our guys understand that uh, this doesn't automatically happen. Like we have a lot of returning players, no question about it. But we got a lot of new faces that weren't here last year either. And just because. Uh, you know, things finished the way they did for us last season, every year is starting over. And uh, that we all need to be better than what we were this year in every area, player, coach, staff. And, and that's been the message since January. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we've done that. Shane Beamer joining us. You know, you got a lot of new faces, which we'll get to in a minute, but you do have some returning players. I'm curious, like you pointed out that not everything was perfect, but man, there were some awfully big wins and a great way to end the year. You had back-to-back wins over number five, Tennessee, and number seven, Clemson. I'm curious, the guys that are coming back, how motivated are they to show that the end of last season was not a fluke and this is who they really are? I think a lot. Um, you know, our guys certainly play better when they have a, an edge to them and, and, you know, feel somewhat disrespected. And I think that's a, you know, common refrain from a lot of people that feel that, you know. And, and I don't get caught up in the preseason rankings. Uh, we're more interested in what the rankings are at the end of the season. But you would think that a team that returns their quarterback, an all-conference receiver, all their specialists, and some really good players on defense – that finished the year we did would be, you know, preseason ranked in the top 25 going into the season. We're not, and that's okay. Um, we got to, you know, we'll figure it out on the field. But to me, the if we're not, it's because a lot of people, voters, are looking at our team and saying that that those last two games were a fluke and that the real South Carolina was the one that played the week before against Florida or, you know, Missouri or some of the other losses that we had last season. So I think our guys certainly – not so much the outside narrative that to want to, want to prove people wrong, but really to just show that uh, we have higher expectations here than just eight wins. We're not sitting around, you know, having parades here in Columbia because we won eight games. We have a higher expectations than that, and we're eager to show that. Shane Beamer joining us. All right, talking about that quarterback and that wide receiver, you know I'd get there. It definitely helps to have a vet under center and somebody you know, and you've known quarterbacks, Spencer Rattler, since you were both at Oklahoma. He threw for over 3,000 yards and 18 touchdowns last season. How gratifying was it for you personally to see him play the way he did last year, given the ups and downs he's dealt with throughout his entire career? I'm uh, really proud of him. He's a great young man and, and has taken a lot of crap in his career, somewhat of, you know, a lot of it not warranted. And, 
and uh, you know people forget he he won a Big 12 championship at Oklahoma and um, uh, re- came into a tough situation replacing Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts, and then he takes over as the starting quarterback, uh, loses his first two games in the Big 12 but then proceeds to win the rest, win a conference championship. And then, you know, he lost his job as the starting quarterback when they were in a game that, you know, they they, uh, they, they were ranked top five in the country and won. And uh, obviously Caleb, I was with Caleb, you know, or helped recruit Caleb Williams. So he's a fantastic player. But, you know, Spencer, I thought, handled that situation when he lost the starting job well. And then he came here and, and uh, you know, he'll be the first to tell you that maybe statistically the early in the season last year wasn't going the way that he wanted from a stat standpoint. But we were winning football games. We were nationally ranked and beat Texas A&M, beat Kentucky. And, and then, but for him, but he remained steady, was a great leader for us, was voted a captain by his teammates after the season. And then to finish the season the way he did, just really, really happy for him because I know how important it is to him. I know what a great young man he is, and I know how hard he works. South Carolina head football coach Shane Beamer joining us once again. So, Shane, your offense obviously has got a chance to be even more explosive when star receiver Juice Wells is on the field. He had 68 receptions, six touchdowns last year. He was first-team All-SEC. He's been dealing with a lower body injury. Can you give me an update? Is he on track to start on Saturday? Do you expect him to be anywhere near 100%? Uh, he told me he'll be 100%. I expect him to play off the practice field, and he practiced today. Uh, and uh, he did a little bit you know, yesterday as well. So like I tell him, let's just keep doing a little bit more each day this week as we, get, as we uh, lead up to Saturday. But uh, you know, totally confident that, that he will play. And you know, you know, he may not be 100%, but he'll definitely be good enough. And, and knowing Juice, he's such a, uh, he's a dog, and I mean that in a, in a complimentary way. Uh, he's got an edge about him, and, and his, his 90% is, is better than a lot of people's 100%. But I'll tell you what, I love this matchup. I absolutely love the matchup. You're getting ready to face one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, of course, in Drake May, who's projected to go early in the first round. When you look at him on film, what do you see, and then what are the top priorities defensively as it relates to slowing him down? Yeah, easier said than done. Um, you know, first of all, for every game with us, we got to do a good job of stopping the run. And people talk about Drake May. Well, he's got some great players around him. They've got a really good group of running backs. They've got a veteran offensive line returning. Uh, so we've got to do a good job with that first. And then with him, he's such a challenge. He's, he's such a great athlete. Uh, his size, he can, from a passing standpoint, he can make all the throws. He's got, uh, you know, great, just he's creative. I mean, he, he can run, but then he can fit a ball into a, top, a tight window. He's just a really talented thrower, but then people don't uh, recognize or really realize what a runner he is as well. I think he had like he was like the second had the second most quarterback scramble yards last year of anybody in the country quarterback wise. So the guy can make plays with his feet, and he's hard to bring down because of his size. So we've got to be disciplined, and and I know it's cliche, but everybody doing their job, and and uh, and then when he does run, we've got to be able to get him on the ground, but we've got to do a great job defending the pass also. Hey, Shane, a couple of things really quickly before you go, and I appreciate your time. Let me go back to Spencer for a minute. Like, obviously, if you've got a quarterback, you have a chance, just as long as that quarterback has a chance, right? So how confident are you that the big dudes up front are going to keep Rattler clean and give him the time and the protection that he needs to do what he does? I'm confident, but it'll be a big challenge, not just this week, but throughout the season. But facing North Carolina, they've got a really talented defensive line, front seven that are active and disruptive. It'll be a challenge for us. We lost three starters off of our offensive line last season, so we've got some new faces, and uh, they're talented guys. But for us, it's how quickly can they come together and 
and uh, and, and be a cohesive unit. And uh, I'm confident they will, but certainly we've we've got a lot of work to do between now and Saturday, and then throughout the season as well. And again, reiterate finally, I love the matchup. It's awesome that North Carolina and South Carolina are going to play for the second time in three seasons in a series that dates all the way back to 1903. Listen, I understand the way the world is. I understand change is inevitable. But how important is it to preserve regional rivalries despite the crazy shifts we're seeing in the college game with conference realignment? I think it's critical. Um, you know, I think uh, we don't want to get away from what makes this sport, this sport special. And uh, I think you've seen it in and uh, and maybe other sports professionally or whatever it might be where they got away from the things that that uh, made them great to begin with and for to me college football college athletics it's it's regional matchups it's natural rivalries and and the fact that you know we're playing North Carolina in Charlotte neutral site game right in the middle of both schools uh, I love it and uh, don't ever want to get away from that because it is what makes college athletics special so you know I would do this every year if we could I think it'll be an awesome matchup it's an awesome environment I know our fans are excited I know North Carolina's fans are excited and and uh, it, it's what you know I told our players this morning I mean and it's it's uh, what you play big want to come to college for is to play in these big rivalry games matchup games on a national stage and we get to do it game one all right so I was going to cut you loose but one last thought then like you have a really demanding schedule a really demanding schedule are you approaching it as a schedule you have to play or are you approaching it as a schedule you get to play uh you're speaking you're speaking my language now Jim I just literally told the team this morning we get to and because uh, I get asked that question all the time, like, Coach, you guys have to play North Carolina. Then you have to play Furman, who won 10 games. Then you got Georgia. Then you have to play Mississippi State. Then you have to play Tennessee. And that's just in September. Uh, so it is a challenging schedule. We love to compete. Competition is a core value of this program. And absolutely, our mindset is, you know, we, we, we get to play this schedule. And as a competitor, uh, what would you want? You know, in this league, in this conference, there, there's no weeks off. You don't look at the schedule and say, okay, this week will be a breather. Uh, there's none of that in the SEC. And then that's what I love about it. I love what I hear. Competition is a core value of this program. He is the head football coach at South Carolina, 15 and 11 after two years, and another tremendous opportunity coming up this weekend. Shane, so good to have you on the show. Good luck this weekend. Great to have you back. I know we'll do it again soon. Yep, can't wait. Thanks for all the great things you do, and and, uh, have a great week. Go Gamecocks. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper or what's your beef? This is about the fact that Austin Reeves is a freaking international phenomenon. They love this dude in the Philippines. 
And dude apparently loves him some Manila as well because he is bawling the hell out. He is thrilling in Manila. The new thriller in Manila. He put up 15-5-6 off the bench to put Team USA through pool play and into the second round. And even though he's coming off the bench, he is still the crowd favorite. He's even getting introduced before these games. And he's coming off the bench. Check this out. Love this dude. They are gushing for him in the stands and they are gushing for him during and on the broadcast as well. And look at Austin Reeves come up with the D and now he's going to leak out and he's going to go up for the dunk. Much to the delight of this crowd. Jeff, look at how many fist pumps and shirt waves. Man, momentum builder. Austin Reeves steal, run the floor. Two-hand finish. It feels like every part of his game has been underrated. His defense, his offense, you name it. Legend. Everybody loves this guy, and everybody loves everything about this guy. And listen, I think this dude's a hell of a player. And the Lakers did an amazing job to get him to re-sign for four years and 56 mil. However, I can't say that I saw him starring for Team USA at the World Cup. Can't say I saw him starring, and I definitely can't say that I saw him being the clear, most popular player in the Philippines. But if Team USA is going to seal the deal and be the new world champions, they're going to need my dude Reeves to keep this up. And I mean the real world champions, not the fake world champions that they slap, the label they slap on the winners of the Larry O. That's fake. That's fake. Now, that's not my take. That, however, is the take of Olympic track and field star Noah Lyles, who somehow got half of the association bent over this take. World champion of what? <laughs> the United States? You know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA Finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? <laughs> the United States? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I love the U.S. at times. <laughs> but that ain't the world. <laughs> that is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> well, there's one. <laughs> I don't know, man. Th that take just cracks me up. That whole thing makes me laugh. Every time I hear that, that makes me laugh. The delivery itself to me is funnier than the take. And yeah, sure. I guess it is kind of goofy that we do the whole world champs thing. But also, who really even cares? Everybody knows the NBA is the best and most competitive league in the world with the most talent. So who even cares? Case in point, the last five MVP awards have gone to foreign-born players. Nobody is doubting that it's an international league or an elite league or the best league. However, 
that did not stop a bunch of NBA players and a number of guys that I really like and really respect. It did not stop them from getting all butthurt on social media. Of course, KD was the first one through, of course. KD said, quote, somebody help this brother. End of take. Brother. Even my man, P.J. Tucker, who I love, P.J. Tucker said, quote, can't make this bleep up. End of quote. Austin Rivers, another guy that I like. I've always liked his edge. I've always liked his attitude. Pretty polarizing guy, but count me on the side of the guys that like him. I like him. But I don't agree with this take at all. Austin Rivers said, quote, I don't know what's more cringe. Lyle's comment or his voice and delivery. World champion of what? Dude, there's nothing cringe about that. It's hilarious. That's what makes it so funny. His voice and his delivery. The United States? The United States? Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the whole thing to me is hilarious. I mean, Austin, my guy, you got that backwards, dude. Because I don't know what's more hilarious, his comment or his voice and delivery. The only thing cringe is the response of all these NBA superstars getting all up in their feelings and butthurt over what this guy thinks. How about my dude Aaron Gordon? This is incredible. Aaron Gordon, this is why this whole thing is so great. Number one, what he says and the way he says it is hilarious. But the responses are priceless. Aaron Gordon had this to say, quote, whatever. I'm smoking Buddy in the 200 meters. I mean, these are some of the best responses ever. Dude, you're going to smoke Buddy in the 200 meters. Aaron, dude, I really like you as a, as a hooper and a player. But no, you're not. This is the reigning bronze medalist in the 200 meters. He actually won the 2022 World Championship in the 200 meters. Like the, quote, real world championship. Not the world championship of the United States. Which the is why United he has this States? The dude just ran the 200 meters in 19.52 seconds this past Friday. Yet Aaron Gordon is going to, quote, smoke buddy. I mean, could the dudes in the association be any more detached from reality and any more delusional and any more up in their feelings and any more online? Seriously, fellas, unplug, relax. This is not a big deal. It's actually just hilarious. Again, listen to what he's saying and listen to how he's saying it, and then remember who you are and what you do and ask yourselves, why do you give a damn? World champion of what? <laughs> the United States? How is that Don't not funny? Me wrong. World champion of what? The United States? The United States? That's why that take about what's worse. I don't know what's worse, what he said or how he said it. What's more cringe? It, the reason it's so funny is how he said it and what he said. That ain't the world. <laughs> that is not the world. We are the world. It's like, man, get a map. Get an atlas, man. That ain't the world. We are the world. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think this dude's hilarious. 
You know why I think that these guys care? Because everything bothers them now. Who gives a damn what this guy has to say? I mean, if we're being real, half of them probably have no idea who he is even. Why do you care? Why do you care? It's hilarious. Y'all should be more worried about Austin Reeves ripping your shine and your national team while you dudes hang out here, you know, not playing in the World Cup. You're not even a part of it. What the United States? Like, like this guy wins. This guy wins. He hooked half the association. This is a bronze medalist. He hooked half the association. What a great troll. I mean, I think that he believes what he said, but it worked. He got some of the biggest names in the NBA to react. He got me to talk about him. Uh, why would I be talking about Noah Lyles right now, honestly? No offense, Noah. Dude, you are hilarious. Why, why do you even care? There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> like, not one of you spoke up when Space Jam 2 dropped. But you're all up in arms and up in your feelings and butthurt over this. But not one word when Space Jam 2 dropped. I mean, come on, man. Pay attention. That was a much bigger disgrace and disrespect of your sport than this guy posing the question, world champions of what? World champion of what? The United States? The United States? (laughs) That ain't the world. It's just the way he lays that out. Bam, bam, bam. World champions of what? The United States? That ain't the world. That ain't the world. Yeah, you're all rushing to your phones. But not one guy picked up his phone when Space Jam 2 dropped. You explain that. Tone deaf much? Blind much? Deaf much? Come on. This guy's just <laughs> I'm telling you. I-, I love trying to kill this dude for his sound and his delivery. That- that's what made it. What do you mean, what's more cringe? What he said or how he said it? Neither. That's what made it. 1-800-636-8686. Already reaction before I go to break. Chris in Milwaukee. Jimmy, I fully agree with Noah Lyles. Winning the Larry O does not make you a world champion. It's just a hunk of metal. Thanks. Rob Manford. Carl and Prescott, there's nothing wrong with beating your chest and calling yourself world champions. Signed, Chase Utley. This guy nailed it. This is the first thought that I had, actually. Mike D. Mike D writes, he's right. We are the world. USA for Africa. War Bob Dylan being stoned during that recording. Name one person who wasn't baked during that recording. Go ahead, find me one sober person during that. And stop pointing out or singling out Bob Dylan for being high. Don't act like Dylan was the only guy baked. 
during that. Who wasn't? And one more bit of reaction going back to something else. Hey, Jim. Okay. You promised not to retire after Smack Off 30, but can you promise not to abandon us afterwards for two weeks? Signed, Ed. Ed. I'm not asking you to split the atom here. Did you not understand any of that? I made no such promises other than I would not retire after Smack Off 30, only that I might walk it off after Smack Off 30. Difference being, it might be the last Smack Off. I don't know. Which is why I'm trying to get you in here so you don't risk missing out. FOMO. You know what I also love? In the NBA, that there's nobody talking about the product. There's nobody talking about load management. Yeah, but Noah Lyles, man, he's bad for the game. He's the worst. All these guys rush right to their phones over that. Anybody care about load management? Anybody care about you stars sitting in nationally televised games or people paying high-priced tickets to see you play, but you're not because of load management? Anybody have anything to say about Space Jam 2? No, no. The things that really matter, you got nothing to say about. But you'll kill this guy for that take. I don't know. Maybe a take about that that wacky in-season tournament. Any thoughts on that? Nope. 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 But here comes the mob rushing up the hill to get it, Noah. For saying the funniest thing in a while. I don't get that. At all. Hey, Noah, I got you. I got you, brah. That was really funny. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Chris Young. Chris, it's great to have you on, man. How you doing? Great to be on, Jim. Nice to nice to talk to you again, man. It's been it's been quite a while. I think the last time we talked was back in our Arizona days. I was hosting a golf tournament for you <laughs> eons ago. I don't know if you remember that. Dude, I think so. I think it has been that long. It's great to have you back. I appreciate you. Good to hear your voice. And let me start right here, Chris. What about that scene last night in Denver where Ronald Acuna Jr. was confronted by those two fans in right field who juked security long enough to snap a selfie with the superstar and knock him to the ground? What was your reaction when you saw that video? My reaction took me back when I was in Arizona Back in, Jim, I got to say 2010, 2011, there was a young lady who jumped the center field fence and ran up to me in center field and gave me a hug. And at the time, I was cool, calm, and collective. But after it's done, you really don't know what's going on. You know, you're, you're hoping and assuming that those are faithful fans that just want to show Acuna some love, but you're happy that it didn't go sideways and that it didn't turn into a dangerous situation. You know, it's interesting that you answered it that way, Chris, because I was going to say as a follow, if that's you, 
How do you handle that situation? For instance, do you read it and kind of try and figure out the vibe of the fans? Or are you going to let the hands go first and ask questions later because they've got no <laughs> business being on the field and you don't know what their intentions are? I think you understand it's a dangerous situation, but you're trying to read the room. You're trying to see their energy. You're reading their your, their body language. You're assuming if they're going to be dangerous, hopefully they're showing you that they don't like you. And, and if that's the case, you're throwing out two pieces and three pieces as soon as possible. You're throwing cleats and kicking in the chest and doing whatever you need to get them up off you. But it seems like those fan, the first fan at least looked like he was trying to show love. That second fan, when he ran in, I don't know if you saw that part, the second fan when he ran in, that's when it started to look catchy, uh, sketchy, and that's when I'm starting throwing hands, I think. Well and said. I think I'll deal with the, the legal battles later. You know, I see you working. Chris Young is joining us. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So let me ask about the Braves. They've already got 85 wins. They've got the best record in baseball. With a month to go in the regular season, I don't think it's too early to start looking ahead to October. The Dodgers are finally showing some improvement on the mound to go along with an already powerful lineup. How would you see a potential postseason matchup between L.A. and the ATL? As of right now, although the, the Dodgers' offense is rolling, I think it's tough to put anybody against the, the depth that the Braves lineup has right now. I understand they're in Colorado right now. I think the over-under on run scored for, for Atlanta was 7.5 yesterday, which they still got the over. Acuna and Olsen and Riley, all these are just coming back. They have so much depth, and I think if you get to the playoffs, you're trying to find a way to stay away from Mookie and Freddie which after you get past Mookie and Freddie, I understand Muncie had a big homer last night, but after you get past those two, those two guys, you feel like the lineup is a little more manageable. As far as Atlanta, I feel like there are no holes in there to where I feel like they're just much deeper. And on the pitching side, I think they're both a little banged up. I mean, the Dodgers just lost Gosselin. I saw that news today. Um, so you still don't know how much those young pitchers for the Dodgers are going to have to step up right now. So it should be a good series, but I still get the edge to Atlanta right now. We're talking to Chris Young. Chris, keep it here in L.A. for a minute. You finished your career in L.A. playing for the Angels, who unfortunately are having the most Angels season ever with Shohei Otani suffering that elbow injury last week. So where do you come out on him continuing to play as a DH despite being shut down as a pitcher for the rest of the year? What do you make of that? I think at this point in Shohei's career, I think it's been, been made pretty clear that he's going to do what, what he wants to do. Um, unfortunately, I, it, I, I hate to see it end like this. I think it's bad for baseball to see him getting injured. I wanted to see him going to free agency and see all the teams going crazy to see the, show, the Shohei sweepstakes go off, which I still think will happen to a degree. But I hope when he comes back that he still can be that pitcher and hitter. I understand, too, Tommy Johns is, is – you know, it's not likely that he'll be able to beat that elite pitcher again, but you never know. You don't never underestimate what Shohei Otani can do. But if I bring him back with the team, he still gets the big deal, and I'm still having him hit and pitch whenever he wants to. And hopefully as a starter, I can get five innings out of him every five or six days. If I can get five innings out of Shohei Otani every sixth day and he continues to hit every day, I still take that player. Chris Young joining us. So, Chris, you're going to be a part of MLB Network's special clubhouse edition broadcast of tomorrow's game between the Rangers and the Mets. What do you like about that format where you can get kind of loose and chop it up with some of your peers and old friends? What's that like? Because that is different. I love it. I love it. It's, it's like a, you know, a barbershop setup. Me and CC, Sierra Santos, um, sitting there hanging out. And what I love the most about it, we're following the game that's going on. But we're bringing in legends from those respective teams as well. 
So whether it's the, you know, Red Sox and Mariners, we brought in Pedro Martinez, Ken Griffey Jr. You know, with the Astros, we bring in, we also bring in stars, celebrities who are just fans of the teams. We brought in Paul Wall, who was a big-time Astros fan. So we get so many different perspectives of the game. But what makes it great for the fans, in my opinion, is that you can follow your team currently, but when you bring in the legends of the game, you get to relive some of your favorite moments, some of your favorite moments growing up following this team, watching you know your favorite player play the game. I'm, those favorite players are retired now. But when we have the Mets and Rangers, we got Daryl Strawberry coming on, who's going into the Hall of Fame with the Mets. We have Michael Young coming on, who I think is one of the best hitters of my generation or the generation slightly before me. So being able to pick their brains, get their opinion on the state of the game right now and have them share some of their favorite stories when they play with those teams – I think is a, a, a unique look for the fans and makes it a, a fun watch. Hey Chris, for the record, those are two of my favorite dudes ever. Like Michael Young, as an example, I'm biased because he is a fellow UC Santa Barbara Gaucho, but you talk about a pro's pro and an absolutely awesome hitter. How well-liked and respected is Michael Young around the game? I don't think there's anybody more respected. He's that guy, I would put him in a category similar to the current-day J.D. Martinez, the ultimate professional hitter to where he's the guy, if he's in the same room with you, you're trying to, to, to pick his brain and try to understand his approach to hitting because he was somebody who never wavered from his approach at the plate, continued to play the game his way, and everybody else just tried to adapt to him. So I'm really looking forward to, to picking his brain and seeing his game, his, his game still plays in today's game, by the way, which you can't say for a lot of guys, but, but I'm really looking forward to, to talking to him. So if you have any questions you want me to ask him, Feel free to shoot him over to me. No, I'm out. I, I will reiterate my love for Michael Young. He and I text a little bit. He's a big MMA guy. He still trains. He's a proud gaucho. He's just, he's great. He is the ultimate pro. Got to ask you about Straw before you go, because for those who don't know, I mean, a lot of listeners to this program are old enough to know, but our younger listeners would not. I mean, dude, can you even explain how pure and how freaky this dude was coming out of Crenshaw High School when he was picked first overall by the Mets in 1980 and how this guy could absolutely turn on it i mean when you see guys with power if you saw a picture of strawberry and you didn't know who he was you wouldn't think that he was one of the more elite power hitters in the game but he's a guy that i watched as a kid and seeing that long lanky body all those coming from the left side seeing that long lanky body producing that type of power that was motivation for me i was a slim dude i knew i was gonna always be slim so trying to model my game after stars like him and eric davis were guys that I continue to watch. And, and I haven't had a lot of chances to talk to him on a personal side, so I'm going to be using the clubhouse game to get, get, get to know some of those in-depth stories with him as well. No doubt. And he's had quite a journey, but, man, my man was electric. He was absolutely electric. You want to make sure you check this out. This is the MLB Tonight Clubhouse Edition broadcast, and that's the game between the Rangers and the Mets. It's tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. If you've not seen that format, it's an absolute blast. Chris Young, my guest. Chris, really good to have you on the show. Looking forward to watching that. And good to get caught up, man. We shouldn't have waited this long, but great to get caught up with you, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to next time. Thank you. you. Got it. We go to James in North America. James in the United States. James somewhere on the planet Earth. James in the galaxy. James in Cali. Yo, James, exactly where in California are you? Bruin James. I'm from SoCal, baby. Hey, Bruin James. Ah. Oh, man, not only no. did you gloss yourself, you, you did like it twice. Call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. I don't know that I've ever heard that. 
Bruin James. As if I didn't hear you the first time. Bruin James. You're not allowed to self-gloss, and you're really not allowed to double down on the self-gloss. Bruin James. Bruin James. I said, where in California, James? His response, Bruin James. Bruin James. SoCal, baby. Yo, baby. Meet your new friends. You're part of a very famous club. A very elite fraternity. You got into this frat house without even having to rush. That's how awesome that is. Actually, your initiation was self-glossing, which you nailed twice. Alvin, whenever you're ready to add Bruin James to the fraternity of self-glossers, something you're never allowed to do on this program, feel free to let it rip. Levi the Trash Man. Trash Man. Loney Carter in Spokane. The Axe. Bighorn Falling Ball. Jay. Dizzle. Manny Cheeseburger over here. Shakala is Van City. Lone Prophet. The Grump. The Grouch. Moldoggy in NorCal. The Dougler. Zookeeper. Roaster. Garbage Man, Brad. The Cracker Jack. G-Money. Sexy Rexy from New Mexico. The Red Dog. Horse Monkey. Tree Frog. G-Money. V-Man. S-B. Bow down. V-Man. Cotton Woman. The Silly Rabbit. Barracuda. The Muscle Shark. Denver John. The Horse Whisperer. Main man here. The bread man. Playing the bartender. Tombo. Smokehouse. Tombo Ed. I'm a desert dog. They call me T-Rush. Rockin' Rodney. Hey, it's Mad Max from 219 in Indiana. Rude dog from North Topeka. I'm Richie Bones in Buffalo, New York. A.K.A. A.D.O.R. And the Renegade Master. Bruin James. I'm from SoCal, baby. Hey, Bruin James. Ah, Hey, Bruin James. Welcome to the club. Good night now!